Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Watch Time, the podcast where we talk about gaming, behind the scenes, brand deals, all that fun stuff. And today we are doing a very, very, very big deep dive on brand deals specifically. Money, 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 all that good money, stuff. Money, money, money. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How was your week? Good, except when the office flooded the other day. I came oh in God. and I had to, I was the only one here. Everyone was out of the state for the weekend and I was running around trying to patch up like a hundred leaks. I walked in on my setup, this ridiculously expensive two PC camera linked <laughs> gaming setup that I just spent three months completing and there was water just dripping directly onto it. <laughs> and I flipped out. But, yeah. I was away all weekend. I actually got stuck in Melbourne um, because I couldn't get back because the weather was so bad in Sydney. And Elliot, who is an entirely capable adult in many, many aspects of life. Yeah. So Elliot texts me just in capitals being like big problem. And then photos of various parts of the office covered in water. And my first reaction is, dude, what are you doing about it? I'm like, okay, there's puckets here. Call this person, do this, make sure you move all the equipment, like the and basic what did I do? stuff. I called the landlord. I put buckets under the biggest drips, but there were like in this room alone, like eight <laughs> or nine separate drips in different areas. So I went and got bowls and put them under it. And suddenly I'm getting roasted on Twitter for I don't even know what. Everyone's calling creating me dumb. A, creating a modern art installation of various What sizes. else do I do? We don't have <laughs> buckets left. What do you want me to put under them? It was a fine decision. It, it was dumb. just It was just a really funny, like, Elliot solution to a practical problem. You got 10 drips, get 10 bowls. <laughs> it makes sense. Anyway, main topic for today, brand deals. Those things that YouTubers and, and, and Instagram people do to make money. Yeah, I think brand deals is something that everyone sees people doing these days. You know, I think it used to be something that people would try to hide, but these days everyone can see a brand deal. Everyone knows when you're doing one, but I think they're kind of also these elusive things. No one knows quite how they happen, who's reaching out to who, how much are people getting paid. So much intrigue. Seriously. So I think today we're just going to do a big deep dive into the whole world of brand deals and... Uh, our experiences with them. Elliot's obviously a YouTuber, so has done a number of brand deals. I'm a manager, so a big part of my job is negotiating and and signing a lot of deals for the talent I work with. So, um, but yeah, I thought maybe a cool way to kick off would be tell us about your first brand deal that you ever, ever did. I have so many vivid memories because... I mean, like, I was going to say, like, I've been a small YouTuber and now I am a big YouTuber. Obviously, every YouTuber starts off small. And I remember when I first got that brand deal, it was the biggest thing for me. I'd done, like, a few little things in the past with EA, but it was right after I started working with uh, Emma, who's my manager, for the first time. And I was a tiny channel. I had maybe, like, 200,000 subs. And I remember I was, like, 
going to going to get my morning. Co- I was walking back with my morning coffee. Actually, I remember exactly how it went down. This is like four years ago as well. I was walking back with my morning coffee, and I got a call from Emma. I was like, "Oh, hey, Emma, what's up?" You know, she'd been like looking after me. I think for like a month now, and she was like, "Elliot, I've got you a brand deal." I was like, "Oh, that's so exciting! What is it?" And it's like you are going to get paid four thousand dollars to go over. 36 hours to Germany, make three videos at Gamescom and then come back. And I lost it. I remember literally almost dropping my coffee and just sprinting back up to the apartment. Because at this point, I didn't have my own place. I was living in my mom's apartment making videos like 16 hours a day. And I just remember being like, oh my God, like four grand for, you know, like going and doing this trip. Uh, I thought we weren't allowed to say that. Mm, well, I'll say it. It was Ubisoft. Ubisoft gave me my first ever proper brand deal. <laughs> Shout out to the boys because absolutely legendary. Yeah, I went to I went to Gamescom with Ubisoft. But I remember literally sprinting back up to my room just being like, oh my God, this is real money. People are paying me to go to a dope overseas gaming event, <laughs> Gamescom, and make videos, which I also like doing. Yeah. And that was just mind blowing. And I remember the concept, my brain. The concept of being paid to go overseas and go to a gaming convention, which you would have loved to go to anyway and make videos, which you're already doing. Which would have been like my dream holiday. So it's almost like, you know, your equivalent of someone being like, hey, Grace, can we pay you to come to Fiji for a few weeks and just <laughs> veg out on the beach? Like that was the equivalent. It just didn't make sense in my brain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I, and I remember, you know, I was maybe making like, two grand a month off YouTube at that point. And I was like, oh my God, two grand a month off YouTube, a brand deal. Like if I did that every month, I'd be doing this as like a job, you know, like I'd be making a salary. <laughs> and that was like, that was just like a huge mind blowing moment for me. And um, yeah, it was the longest flight I've ever done going to Cologne from Sydney. Uh, but it was, it was a dope trip. I remember you calling me about that and and telling you were so excited to tell me that like this thing you'd been doing you were actually getting paid to travel and do something and make you know at the time like you know four grand is four grand it was a lot of content oh my god that was mind-blowing money that was mind-blowing money for you that was insane that was absolutely insane like I literally that was like more money than I had ever seen in a lump sum ever yeah like it it was absolutely mind-blowing and I think I think the coolest thing about those first brand deals is it's almost like a bit of validation, you know, because at at a certain, you know, you're making videos, putting them on YouTube, YouTube's like, oh yeah, here's like a couple hundred bucks, whatever. But as soon as you get a brand deal where, you know, and it's not just free product, they pay you money. You're like, it's like a big, like, oh wow. Like Someone someone sees value in me. Someone sees value in my content. And that's very, very cool. Especially in those early days where I feel like when you, when you're first starting out on YouTube or Twitch or wherever, um, like so many people that you're just searching for that, like validation of wanting to be like, this is like a real thing. You know, this isn't just like, this isn't just like some dumb thing that my parents think is just a phase. Like this is a real job, ma. And, oh my um, gosh. I remember yeah. just to detour from that quickly, but I remember when you had just started on YouTube and I think maybe you've been doing it for a few months. Um, and I think you just told mum and dad that you were doing it for a while. You didn't tell anyone that you were doing YouTube. 
coming out about my YouTube my YouTube videos. <laughs> and I remember dad calling me when you said that you wanted to stop going to university for six months to try and do it full time. And I vividly remember dad calling me and being like, Grace Elliott says that he's doing this YouTube thing and he says he's making money doing it. And I was like, yeah, like that's a thing. Like people can do that. And yeah. he was like, are you sure? Like he, he says he's thought being, it was a scam. He says he's being paid US dollars into some PayPal account. He's like, I don't think this is real money. And I was like, dad, I think it's real money. Yeah. And he just fully, fully, no, fully couldn't didn't concept it. it. And I remember, I remember him like, being like, yeah, dad, like I got like a thousand dollars. And he'd be like, but can you like touch the money? You know, like, <laughs> is it real? And I was like, yeah, it's yeah. Real. But you know, like I, I think that was, and yeah, it's, but, but that's exactly it. That's why I think the brand deal thing was so cool because it suddenly goes from, you know, your parents being like, oh, I guess this weird YouTube website is like paying him money. But then it's like, oh no, this is like a big company, company. that is worth many hundreds of millions of dollars who has said, yeah, we like what you're doing. We want to pay you to do it and do it with us. And that's yeah. like, oh, okay. That's, that's, that's very cool. But um, yeah, you get you get you get the big the big um very cool companies to work with. But I also know you have very you've probably several actually, but probably one of the more dodgy brand deals we've ever seen coming through, which could be a, a cool topic before we go deeper in on this. Yeah, my god, like there are the cool brand deals like that, and there's definitely, you know, mostly it's all pretty legit. But my word, there are some some dodgy stuff that comes across my email inbox. Yeah. Like across the years, and we can get more into it a little bit later, but like the whole CSGO gambling thing, the FIFA coin thing, like do you remember that? We, I still get emails about FIFA coin websites, which still I'm think. sure is like definitely not kosher though. I think it's a weird, it, it's not as bad as the gambling, but it's definitely a blurred line. It's yeah. definitely, I think EA has kind of been like, all right, like, you know, just mm, pushing it to the side, but yeah, it's 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 blurred lines. It's yeah. it's not a triple A company. No, no, but by far, and as we were preparing for this episode, I was reflecting on like what are the weirdest brand deals we've done, biggest brand deals we've done, and the weirdest brand deal by far was the Julyasman Trinity scam of 2018, and Historic. this is. So, so funny at the time. I just remember getting the first initial email for this. And I think the first initial email was really broad. It was like, we want one of your creators to help us promote this new Warner Brothers feature film. That Slash is, book. That is being turned into a book. It was very confusing. There was actually no distinction between whether or not we were promoting a film or the book or both. It wasn't quite clear. Even Jeliseman's Trinity just screams red flags. At really? Me. I think it kind of sounds legit. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Not quite as catchy as Harry Potter though, you know? Anyway, I pulled up the email chain for this in preparation for this um, episode. And I think I could tell by my response that I was probably a little sus. I think I responded being like, interested to hear more. Like, can you give us a few more details? Then they send through this email that has literally eight attachments to it. Word documents, PDF documents, it's different fonts, it's all over the place. And it's from this kind of bizarre email address. It wasn't an at Gmail address, which definitely raises a lot of red flags, but it was something very odd. It wasn't like a Warner Brothers email address or a legit e brand email address at all. It was someone random. Also, the email was riddled with spelling mistakes, another red flag. 
But they <laughs> they explain this campaign where they basically very clearly say that they're creating another Harry Potter and seem to have no care whatsoever. Yeah, they didn't the care that people that, thought like, that it w- if it would be a rip-off. They're like, no, this is Harry Potter crossed with Hunger Games. Crossed, crossed with, with Lord of the Rings. Crossed with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And it's like, it's going to be the dopest thing ever. And the email was just so bizarre. It was like seven feature film. Movie, movie directed by Baz Luhrmann, by the way. Directed by Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann was spelt wrong in the email. Like, these were many red <laughs> flags. But I have to say that, like, sometimes you do get slightly odd emails. Campaigns mm. come through quick. Sometimes make mistakes. Sometimes people make mistakes. I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Anyway, I'm reading through this thing. They're sort of explaining the concept. They're talking about the fact that they're selling this book and the book is going to be on sale for $150. I'm confused. I don't really know what's going on. The, it was all over the place. I, if I could show you, I wish I could. But anyway, but like we we asked for like we, we you you flick like a channel at them right, and we're like, oh, you know what what rates would come back for this? And it was just absurd. It was absurd. So I think what I did was I threw back. I was like, this is dodgy as fuck. So what I did was I was like, I'm just gonna chuck something out there right now. Chucked out one of the channels we worked with and chucked out. To be fair, a fairly ridiculous rate. It was oh, completely it was off the chain. It was like ten times. Ten what times what that channel would probably be worth. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like it's like a little manager booby trap though, because right, it's like it's like if, if if you if you're serious and you and you actually work in this industry, you know how much a channel is a worth. channel is worth. And if someone quotes you more than ten times. You might, it's not like, oh, it's a bit steep, like 20% more than us, than our user rate. It's like, no, 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 1,000, you're being overcharged by 1,000% right now. Are they going to be, you know, like a little bit like, are you kidding? Or are they going to come back with, sounds great. Anyway, this whole thing was very confusing though, because while I thought it was a scam, I also wasn't quite sure how they were scamming people because- it was like, what are they gaining from this? You know, like these people seem to have no relation to what this movie actually is or what it is. Like the the guys are just doing like an integration. It was very bizarre. There was no clear way as to how this scammer was going to make money off it. Anyway, I chuck out this huge rate. They come back five minutes later. They're like, approved. I was like, <laughs> I was like wow, really? Okay. And then in my head, I'm like, alarm bells, alarm bells. But also, this is like the early days. (laughs) I was like, maybe this is real. So what am I doing? I'm looking them up on Instagram. I'm looking up the Instagram account that they're wanting people to promote. I'm looking them up on YouTube. And there are other creators that are promoting July. There were big creators. There There were some big Instagram accounts, like with many millions of followers. Fuck Jerry was the first person to promote it. Yeah. So that's a big, legit Instagram account. I know they got all wrapped up in the bloody Netflix documentary. What was it called? Fire, fire, um, fire festival. They got wrapped up in that oh. too. So maybe actually they've got Jerry, a history of promoting ha- questionable <laughs> projects. <laughs> but at the time, no one knew about the fire festival yeah. scam. This is a couple of years ago now, and they did an Instagram story promoting July's Trinity. I'm like, well, if fuck Jerry's doing it, there must be other creators doing it. And so I'm looking through their tagged posts. I'm finding other fairly legit creators that often work with legit brands promoting July's Trinity. YouTube was the same. I'm like, this is very weird. And this is the story of how I got into Reddit. 
<laughs> so I'm Googling it and it's coming up with these Reddit pages being like, what is this scam? Not quite sure. Anyway, this person's chasing me up on email being like, can we lock in this person? Do you have any other channels? I'm like, more channels? Okay. I sent back a list of another a number of other channels that we work with. Also chuck out some equally obscene rates. And they reply, literally, I kid you not, less than five minutes later being all of these channels are approved. How quickly can you get the content up? I'm like, this is wild. At this point, I know there's no re- there's no way I'm going through with it. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, whatever. Let's ride this train. Let's ride this train. It's a little bit of entertainment. Um, so I'm like, cool. Can you send me through contracts? They send through contracts. I'm like, is it possible to do a 50% upfront payment for this brand deal? <laughs> Because I was like, this is judging. No one's promoting anything without being paid. And I was curious to see how they'd react. They came back and they were like, look, we could make it happen, but it's going to delay it. If you delay, we're not sure if we're going to be able to lock in your creator. So it's going to be easier if you just do it. I was like, okay. And then this is where it got, I don't even know if I told you this, but this is where it gets really funny. So I go back and I'm like, I want to see if this is still real. I'm like, okay, before we lock in with some of our bigger creators, is it possible to lock in with one of our smaller creators? And they're like, sure, who is it? I chuck back a response, throwing our business partner, Emma, straight under the bus and linking her Instagram account and being like, this is Emma. She's one of- She isn't tiny. She's got like 20,000 followers. I'm like, she's one of Australia's fastest growing Instagram accounts and she's known for her love of books. This is complete bullshit. I would never normally do this, but it was just too, I I couldn't resist. Anyway, they came back and they're like, Emma doesn't qualify. I'm like, so they're a scammer, but they're a scammer with standards. Yeah. I'm very confused. Anyway, we ended up probably just not responding to their emails. I think they followed up a couple of times, but that was the greatest brand deal scam and I've we went through, I think ultimately, because I was reading back into that a little bit today, like just, you know, living <laughs> living through great old memories. And I think that, and I think ultimately the scam was that they were pre-ordering the book for $150. Pre, pre-ordering. You would go onto the website and there was a book that you could pre-pre-order. I've never heard of a pre-pre-order. It's just like a pre-order, but you're pre-ordering the pre-order for the final the it's just, that does not it's basically don't expect this to arrive. It's not coming. Although I saw the book had a review on Google Books. It was one star out of five. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Anyway. I'm sad we missed out on it. There are there are Moving good brand on. deals. There are dodgy brand deals. <laughs> it is a minefield. But it's kind of funny, don't you think, like the perception of brand deals over the last few years. Like I feel as though a few years ago, the perception of brand deals was really not good. So negative. Creators would if they did them, kind of try to hide them. Like yeah. they wouldn't really disclose. So what's going on, guys? Name. This video is sponsored by Amaze. And today we're going into, you know, like. Or they wouldn't say that at all. They yeah. would, if it was a gaming video, it would be like, oh. today we've just decided to play some uh, yeah, Raid just, Shadow Legends. A hundred percent. That's, I would say the biggest change that's happened is disclosure of sponsorships. Mm. Back in the day, it was a complete wild west you could be getting paid like some you know six figures to do a video not that i was this big back then but you know some i'm sure there were people getting paid like six figures to play a specific game and promote it on their channel and they just be like oh i found this game on steam like just you can m- download it if you want oh i'm i'm enjoying it so so much <laughs> objectively no one's paying me to say this and you but like but there was no oversight no one would say no one would expect it Whereas these days, um, the uh, regulatory bodies in America, they've kind of suddenly become very aware that YouTube is a real, is a thing that exists. 
and uh, and and the amount of disclosure now is crazy. Mm. You have to it, like if I'm you know it, dep- it does vary a little bit depending on what company you're working with. You normally have to say you know video sponsored or at the very least and you rarely see someone who's this laid back just put a thing at the top of the description saying that it's sponsored but certain companies are like you need to literally open the video immediately saying this video is sponsored by blah blah you need to also have a thing on the screen saying this is a sponsored video and also have a thing in the description and i remember uh, like there were companies that required all that and these ones they've changed they've slackened a bit now but they also used to require you to re-say it at the end of the video. Yeah, crazy. I even had a, I, I remember actually one brand that, and they ended up, it, it was right after that big FTC crackdown. Um, and they ended up relaxing on this. But if you were doing, they were doing live streams. And if you're doing the live stream, you had to say verbally, <laughs> this is a sponsored stream. I think every five minutes. Yeah, I think or now every, you can just have a chat bot. Yeah, now you can have a chat bot just saying it again in, in chat. But back in the day, it was like every five minutes. Crazy. It was it was crazy disclosure, which mm. ultimately is good because if you have a YouTuber saying, I love this product and they're being paid to say they like that product, that's like something the audience should know. Yeah. I think it's interesting though, the perception has also changed from a creative perspective where previously they were pretty happy to kind of sweep it under the rug and not say it. They would try and hide if they were doing a yeah. brand deal. Whereas now I think... It's kind of a combination of creative perception and audience perception that people understand brand deals are a necessary part of the ecosystem and it's supporting their creators if you watch them. Like I remember audiences used to have quite negative reactions to brand deals and now I think they have quite positive and I think you see it reflected in the ways that creators disclose it. Like I know in the past when I've seen like Casey Neistat do a sponsored video, he'll literally have it like flashing in the border on the video being like, this is sponsored. So there's never any- That was because he got absolutely- railed by his audience his audience went off at him he lost a huge amount of popularity from this for doing all that work with samsung and never disclosing it true not at a single point in all his samsung work which was clearly paid very handsomely uh did he ever say this is a sponsored video yeah and i think that there was a huge backlash from that and i i think he was one of the last people to realize that audiences these days actually want you to like just just be straight up you know just say it you know, like what's 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 happening? This is I think the whole reason people like YouTube is that it feels transparent and it feels like yeah. there's no gap between you, the viewer, and the creator. Yeah. And I think they feel like if someone's trying to create that divide or, you know, yeah. take away that transparency, they don't like it. So if a creator tries to hide the fact that they're getting paid for something, they hate that. Yeah. And audiences are too smart these days. Audiences no, know what ads look like. They yeah. know when you're being paid for a video. So I think people are really, really against hiding it. And I know some of the creators I work with, if they're doing like an integration or something, they want to say straight up at the start of the video, like, hey, thank you for sponsoring this video or this video is sponsored yeah. so that their audience knows. And I think also audiences really like it these days because audiences understand it's it's a necessary part of supporting that creator. And I see so many creators now that are on the up and coming. And when they start to do brand deals, their audiences actually love it because they're like, get that bread. There's there's been like a big culture shift recently of, you know, I remember back in the day, if you did a sponsored video, it was like your entire comment section. There's like 
five years ago, but like your entire comment section was sell out, sell out, sold out. Can't believe you sold out. Yeah. Lost so much respect for you. Whereas these days you do a sponsored deal, comment section's like, yeah, man, get that bread. You know, like make that dollar. Or we like, that's so cool you're working with EA or yeah. that's so cool you're working with Samsung. Yeah. But like even, even and you know, you even see it on, you know, if, if anything ever probably could have like got a negative response, it would be Ninja you know, not to rewind to old topics we've already covered, but it would be Ninja going to Mixer because yeah. suddenly his whole audience is like, oh my God, I don't use this platform. You're making me move. This is like inconvenient. If any, like that you're kind of, you know, telling your OG fans to, you know, get out. But even that got an incredibly positive response. Um, is the only thing that sucks about it is so many times I'm doing like a, a sponsored video uh, on a game that I genuinely really like, you know, like I, I've done sponsored videos on Battlefront a ton. Love Battlefront, Star Wars games. Absolutely love the Star Wars games. You know, uh, Call of Duty, grew up playing, still think it's incredible. Man, will I get angry sometimes like anyone who plays that, but I ultimately love it. And I think the only thing that sucks is like, sometimes, you know, you want to make a really fun, entertaining video and you can't make videos on those games all the time just because numerically they don't pull the same views as whatever other content you're making. Mm -hmm. But when you do get a good opportunity like that to make a video on it, most of the time I'm like excited. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is something new. I can get creative with it. I genuinely love the title. Like I remember playing, you know, I did some uh, sponsored videos for the original Battlefront when that came out or like, you know, the new generation Battlefront. And I spent hours and hours and hours just playing and playing yeah. and playing and playing and playing to get like the most incredible uh, Darth Vader clip and I and it <laughs> went viral. It was some clip of me throwing my lightsaber as Darth Vader <laughs> and taking a snowspeeder out on Hoth. And I remember that was just like, you know, that wasn't me being like, oh, this is a sponsored video. I'm just going to make some content and push it out there. And, you know, that's done. It's like, mm. no, I want to make a sick video. And, you know, I, you hope your audience can see through it, but there's always that part of me that's like, oh, man, like I hope that people don't watch it and think that, you know, you're yeah. like faking the fact that you're liking it. Because, I remember the first yeah. game you ever played was Star Wars. What was it called? That one that you would play with the controller thing, Pod Racer. Oh my God, Dude, Pod you Racer. you addicted to that. Yeah, I, I played Star Wars <laughs> games like since day dot. That was, yeah, that was one of the OG ones. But yeah, I think it's cool that creators now feel really comfortable talking about the fact that they're getting paid and that audiences like it too. Like I remember when Fresh first started coming up and he would talk about on stream how he needed to like buy a bed or buy a fridge because he was moving out. Yeah. and he would do a brand deal and people were like more brand deals like or more even ads. ads yeah he'll do he'll do like an ad on his stream and his chat will spam like and then the ad will end and fresh is like all right i'm back and they'll be like more ads and they're like what the yeah. hell man like but and you know i think it's twofold it's it's number one i think it's just been a really good culture mentality shift of um you know people people pretend, you know, sorry, not people pretending, people like being really keen to support their creators. Like, I think that's just something that's happened yeah. naturally as the space grows. But also I think the way that, uh, you know, YouTubers and, you know, basically anyone with any kind of social who does sponsored stuff, the way people are kind of doing it now, I think is so much better. Obviously, so much better. you still get the like base level ones where it's like, hey, this video is sponsored by blah, blah. They're a web design thing. Go check them out. 
thanks for supporting the content. But then you get, you know, some really cool examples. I think you see it, you know, to the most two well-known ones would be uh, like Mr. Beast and David Dobrik, where 100%. honestly, you not only have an audience now who's like, oh, I don't care the video is sponsored, that's fine. He's conditioned his audience, David Dobrik specifically, and I would even say Mr. Beast to a point as well. David has conditioned his audience to be like, yes, it's a sponsored video. I'm so excited. Yeah. Because when they see that, he reinvests, you know, a portion of that brand deal into. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The actual content itself. Yeah. So it'll be like, oh, this video is sponsored. This means we're giving away a car. Or we're going to Vegas, we're putting... 50 grand on black and then we're giving it all to this person if we win. Yeah. I think it's so cool because David has done it better than anyone, I would yeah. say, where SeatGeek is a character in his videos. SeatGeek is part of the vlog squad. I think that's fair to say. People know it so well. People know bloody Ian from SeatGeek. I think that's his name. I and think I follow him on Twitter now. But people know SeatGeek as not only sponsoring his content – but actually allowing his content to be better yeah. than if it wasn't sponsored. Like David's content is bigger and better and the videos he does that are sponsored are bigger and better because he works with them. Yeah. And I think that's so cool. And I think it's like there's a few factors that go into that. I think the fact that he regularly works with the same sponsor is really good. You can tell he has a genuine affinity towards the brand and the people that work at the brand. You can tell that he's created like an ongoing theme with it where he's giving things through having it. I don't know. I just think it's it's sick. Slight off top, well, not off topic, still very on topic, David Dobrik and brand deals, but on a different like note, I was I was listening to, someone was watching David Dobrik videos the other night, just like going through them and through them. It was Liv while I was editing or recording mm -hmm. or something. She was Been listening there. to them. <laughs> and I noticed this really, this thing that I just never paid attention to. And if you go back and you look at a David Dobrik video, you'll see it. Whenever he talks and he's doing a brand intro, he, he talks about it almost like it's the funniest thing ever. And he's telling a joke. He's like, guys, this video is sponsored by Amaze. Amaze are the funniest people out there. And he's like actually like laughing and smiling like a maniac while he says it. Yeah. Like he's telling the funniest joke of all time. Or like he's and having a genuinely brilliant yeah, like time. Like he's having a great time reading this ad read. And it's like, what do you mean? You're just, you're reading an ad read. Like there's nothing... You know, it's not unenjoyable, yeah. but there's nothing to be like smiling and laughing about. But you can tell it's just that mental thing. You know, you're like watching him say it. And you're like, oh, David's yeah. happy. He's enjoying this. I'm going to enjoy this too. And then, you know, some and, and the thing it's is- all on purpose. 100%. <laughs> but, but the reason it's genius is because, um, and why I think so many more, you're seeing so many more creators do this, where they'll do a sponsored video and reinvest it back into the content is, you know, if David- were to do as much sponsored stuff as he does and uh, and was to do, you know, like, hey guys, today's video is sponsored by SeatGeek. I'd say every like second, maybe generously every third video he does has a sponsor on it these days, right? Mm. 
And I would I say watched, yeah. most channels, if you say a third of their content has a sponsor, they would have like the perception of being, you know, a sellout and being, mm-hmm. you, you know, as much as that isn't a negative thing, as much as it was, you yeah. know, you definitely have a perception of someone who like, you know, does a lot more of the like branded stuff than they necessarily should. But by making it a positive thing, giving away cars, giving away iPads, giving money to people, sudden, like if you ask anyone, is David like a seller? It'd be like, absolutely not. No. And the smart thing is, you know, he'll give away like a 30 grand Tesla, but man, that's like, He's of, being paid more than oh, that. Oh, he's getting like a hundred grand, I reckon. Minimum. For, yeah, minimum. He he gets views. He's probably getting a hundred thousand dollars for everyone to an to his audience because obviously giving away a Tesla and just the amounts of money that float around in that are absolutely insane to an audience. Like, oh my god, giving away a Tesla is crazy and generous, and it is very very generous. But also at the same time, he gets to still keep some of that as you know profit for himself, and because his audience now loves brand deals. He can just do as many of them farm as he them wants. Out, yeah. He can just farm them. And it's a great thing. It's so cool. And I think it's also a combination of him finding the right partner for himself. Like I think the fact that he's doing it with SeatGeek repeatedly is yeah. really good. And I think the fact that SeatGeek have given him so much freedom. Like if you notice the ad read that he does for SeatGeek is so concise it's the same message every time. Like I see it as a meme now in his comments where it's like, this video is sponsored by SeatGeek. SeatGeek allows you to buy tickets in literally the easiest way possible. It's the same line every single time. His audience know it. He's smiling while he's doing it. He knows it's a joke. And the fact that they've allowed him so much creative freedom in the way that they do it though is so smart. Like you watch him. He makes the content his own feels like a David video. He's not there like reading out some irrelevant like dot points for 60 seconds or 90 seconds. And, you know, it just feels good. It feels good. And I think the reason brand deals get a bad rap is sometimes when people are being forced to read a script. That's often how it comes in. Brands will give you a brief. They have to hit certain talking points, even if those talking points might not be that relevant for that creator or that creator's audience. And, it just feels icky. Whereas where the way yeah. that he does it and the way that Beast does it, I think allows them to do it in a way that feels really good. Yeah. I remember, I think the, some of the, like the ones where you're trying to like save the brand from themselves, or if, for example, you're doing like uh, say like a hardware sponsorship, like a, a monitor or a computer, and they want you to hit really, really hyper specific talking points on a product that your whole audience knows you naturally don't know about like this is a 64 IPS gel liquid infused monitor with core seven stringing that allows for (laughs) faster hyper dynamic existential. And and and, and it's like, and you read that and the brand's like, yeah, 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 say it just like that. And you're like, what do you mean? Like I'm going to read that. And my audience is instantly going to like tune out because they know they're not listening to me. They're listening to I remember you doing a hardware deal uh, in the past and we got the initial talking points through and you read them and you were like, look, I know tech pretty well and even I don't know what- Yeah, I had no idea. I remember that one. I had no (laughs) idea. The other really funny ones are, you know, a brand will will be like, oh yeah, we want to do like a a little 30 second ad spot on your channel, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's agree the rate. Okay, yep, that's the rate for a 30 second ad spot. Cool, keen to go forward. And then they send you through the brief for it and like, yeah, we just need you to hit these talking points. And it's like, 
an essay. And you're like, what do you mean? You want me to read these talking points? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, as in I, I pick three that I like? And they're like, no, 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 we need you to hit all of them. It's like, you you said 30 se- This is like 90 seconds worth of talking. Even like, I'm a fast talker. And I remember there have been a few where it's like, yeah, we want you to hit all these. And I literally had to send you recordings of me being like, today's video is sponsored by blah, 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 and try to do it as quickly as I can. <laughs> and it's still taking like three times as much. Yeah. And then be like, send that to the brand and ask them which ones they don't want to include because this physically yeah, this doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah, um, I think- um, It's like a I cheeky think, little freebie grab. Like, But what I would also want to say there is that being able to work with brands in the way that Dobrik or Beast does is also a privilege that can only come when you have a massive audience and yeah. you've developed a content style to the way that they do. Like- I wish it wasn't the case, but it's not possible for every creator to give away cars and it's not possible for everyone to form a relationship with a brand like David has with SeatGeek where they're able to work with the same brand consistently and have that much flexibility. Like I think he's probably been able to do that because he's done it over a period of time and he has a huge audience. He has a bit more bargaining power there. But if you're a small creator, like if you watch creators and they don't do brand deals like that which most people don't and they are like you can tell that they're reading some talking points like don't go hard on them either because a a lot of the time it is inflexible and brands are still catching up to the way that YouTube ads work or the way that working with creators can be most effective and a lot of them just don't know how to do it right yet and if you are a small creator maybe it's your first brand deal maybe you don't have representation it can be really really hard to know where you can push back a little bit there Um, I remember that was my biggest motivation for wanting a manager is that like it felt rude to say no or Mm. push back on anything with a brand deal. You know, a brand would come and, you know, I wasn't big back before I had a manager, but, you know, getting like 100,000 views a video. Like, yes, we want you to change your entire channel to be talking about our headset and do a dedicated video on our headset. And in exchange, we will give you one free headset. And I was like, oh, (laughs) Okay, that sound that yeah sure great, and it was like wait what no that's not but like sometimes like you want someone to be the bad guy in those yeah. kind of like when you're doing that and and because it's kind of like awkward in a lot of ways to be like it you know awkward. I'm sure a lot of people like wouldn't struggle with this but in the same way that like you know I know it's a a big topic and like pretty or a big thing that happens in pretty much any job you know certain people are good at going to their boss being like. I deserve a pay rise, you know, like I'm not getting paid enough. I deserve more. Mm. And other people, that's like a much harder conversation to have. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's the exact same if you're talking to a brand is having the like strength to be like, I deserve to be paid more for this. But it becomes so much easier if you're just someone's manager and being like, yeah, he's, he's worth more, you know, Mm. it's because that point takes out the personal element, no personal element. It's just like, this is business. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess on that note, and the size of brand deals, like they're increasing crazy at the moment. And I think, you know, we sort of touched on it in earlier episodes, obviously the streaming deals are a thing now, but in terms of like one-off big brand deals, it's it's interesting to think how much they are worth. And I know that like that was, we put out a tweet before we did this episode. And one of the big questions was like, how much do you get paid or how do people work out how much they're paid? And obviously like it completely depends on who the creator is, what the video is. What genre they're in. What genre they're in. I think beauty, I mean, obviously I'm not as much in the beauty space. Beauty generally gets more though, right? 
I think a li- I think beauty's been doing it longer yeah. as well. Like I feel like you've been seeing more brand deals in beauty for a really long time. Yeah, usually brand deals are calculated based on the number of views someone gets. So you can generally get a pretty fair expectation if that person usually gets a lot of views, they're usually getting paid quite a lot. If they're not getting paid that many views, they're getting paid less. I mean, yeah, CPMs or like cost per thousand is a rough way that people would calculate how much someone's getting paid for a video just yeah. in just in general terms. Yeah, which is like basically the amount of dollars you get paid for every thousand views. And it's but but there's also the two ways of doing it, you know. I'd say the more common one is, you know, the brand will like look at how many views you get on average mm-hmm. and then they'll be like that times CPM, that's how much we'll give you to do a video. Occasionally you'll get ones where they where it won't be a kind of set amount, but they'll say we want to do a sponsored video. And for every thousand views the video gets, we will do this, which can either be like big upside if the video happens to like go viral, mm. in which case amazing. And it also kind of like covers the brand in case the video tanks yeah, um, and doesn't do well. But that you, I, I don't think I've done one of those in like two years. Do you guys talk about brand deals like between, you know, you and your YouTube friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd say people, I mean, like, generally, I think people are pretty open because everyone wants to know that, like, everyone's kind of, no one's getting, like, ripped off mm-hmm. and everyone's kind of, like, doing okay. And, and also, it's kind of like that bit of, like, self admiration, like, okay, you're doing a brand new, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> We're allowed to do this. This is, like, a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'd say, I'd say generally, people are pretty open about brand deal stuff. Yeah. When do you turn down a brand deal or what's the biggest deal you've ever turned down, you reckon? I think basically two scenarios. Number one, if uh, if it's like, um, you know, you've just done too much branded stuff recently. Everyone's got their own threshold. Some people are like, I will do one sponsored thing a month. Other people are like, I'll do one a week. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's got their own threshold. But I think sometimes it's just, you know, you'll say no if you're like, no, I've got too much committed yeah. this month already. I don't want to like flood my channel. Um, and then the other is just if you're like, I don't want to promote your brand. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, once that I've turned down, I I mean, it wasn't, it's not the biggest brand deal I ever turned down, but definitely at the time, I think relative to like where I was at that stage of my career, it was the biggest that I've turned down. And it was, it was right during that CSGO gambling period phase and um yeah and and to be fair like at the time it like it, even me because i remember it was right when it first started and it was just like doing skins there hadn't really been all that conversation around it yet and i think you know these days people talk about it and it's very clear like okay this is like i mean there's there's the dodgy element where there were like youtubers who owned the sites who were promoting them and rigging their own bets but i also think fundamentally like as the more you do sponsor stuff on youtube the more you kind of learn you know, you learn what's appropriate. Cause I think initially when you start off, I was less conscious of my audience, yeah. but anyway, long story short to rewind, it was a, um, it was a CSGO gambling website thing. And I remember they just came at me and it was like, you know, we want you to do a sponsored video. I was like a TF2 or an Overwatch channel at the time. It was like not even relevant to the game. It's like their conversion rate. I would hate to think how much some of those CSGO centric focus channels who were doing like every video sponsored and like had a hundred percent relevant audience would have been getting. But this is back when my channel was way smaller, like three years ago, I think this whole CSGO gambling thing was going down. And um, 
way before I blew up on Fortnite. But yeah, they came and they were like, we will give you 55,000 American dollars to do one sponsored video. And I was like, what the, f- what, 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 what did you just, what? Because <laughs> that was like, that was insane. That yeah. was, you know. I mean, that is insane. Yeah, that was like way, so much bigger than any other thing that I'd ever done by an insane margin. And I remember, you know, it's it's hard initially when you hear that, you're like, oh, wow, to be like, go away. And I remember, I but I, but I did, I like mulled on it for, you know, a, a little bit and ultimately was just like, you know, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. didn't want to, didn't want to end up putting that content on my channel, but that, I remember that was like the first big, like that, that's definitely, I would say relative to my size at the time, that was the biggest thing that I've, that I turned down. And I remember, I remember that was in a, you know, we've talked about my dad a few times being like, is this all fake? I remember like telling dad being like this, company wants me to do this. And he was like, you know, my, it was mind blowing. Um, but yeah, you know, I definitely some, uh, some crazy ones. I mean, I know, I know people have, who have turned down, you know, well into the like six figure amounts just cause you know, for, for, and once again, for everyone's got their own reason, either they didn't like the brand or they were like, Oh, I've done too much sponsored stuff. Um, it doesn't fit their audience. Doesn't fit their audience. Like, yeah, I mean, doesn't feel authentic. Ultimately, I feel like these days brand deals are becoming such a common thing that you know, if something isn't the right fit, or you are too busy, or you do want to turn it down, um, I think it's a, it's a lot easier to do that. Whereas I remember back in the day, I mean, naturally also because the channels are bigger now, like the channels we work with. But I remember back in the day when I was much much smaller, it was a lot harder to say no to brand deals because yeah. they were you know, few and far between. And if you did get a good one, you know, it would be like the one that you were going to get that quarter. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, I better do this because these are like rare opportunities that come along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Time for a little Muselk rants. Oh, yeah. No, this is a short topic. But like, and I'm sorry, this is probably like drifting uh, a bit far into into other areas. Um, but uh Yeah. Who, what was his name again? Shane Dawson. I always forget that name. I forget <laughs> I forget that name all the time. And you know, like I've watched his content. I think the documentary stuff that Shane Dawson did uh, was good. But I just have this weird thing that triggers me with him. And it's mm-hmm. specifically related to number one, how well his channel is doing. And also that he would do this in the same video where he's also done a sponsored deal. You know, you saw it. I think you saw it a lot in the Jeffree Star one. Yeah. Uh, in the Jeffree Star kind what of. What was it? It's, he'll do a video that is probably, you know, and, and this is how much, this is the rate they would have sold it for, I guarantee. You know, people know after how his previous pre-Jeffree Star stuff performed, he's going to get big, big views. And he was doing, um, you know, he'd do a, a sponsored, you know, this video is sponsored by Amaze or whatever on the video. Definitely got paid well into the six figures, I'd say. Oh, not well into, but he could have gotten paid around 100%. six figures. Based on the for, views he was getting. Yeah. How many views? Like Million. multiple millions, like up to 20 million. Like 10 million yeah, on yeah, a lot yeah. of videos. Yeah, that could have easily been like 300 grand, 400 grand, but realistically, because the uncertainty, let's say 100, 150. And then More. in that same video, he would like go to Jeffree Star's house and, and see like something that's worth like, it, you know, it, he'd be like, oh my God, Jeffrey, how much were those shoes? And Jeffrey would be like, they were $2,000. And he'd be like, oh my God, this is more money than I have ever seen in my entire life. I need to sit down. 
And you're like, what are you talking about, dude? You run a channel that is pulling 20 million views per video. Even if you don't post regularly, you're doing 20 million views a video. You're doing sponsorships on a lot of those videos. You are making well over a million dollars a year, probably well over a million dollars a year. But like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I hate yeah. it. I, I, the thing that I think has, that, that the industry has very clearly moved in is do sponsorships, get paid really good money because I think everyone knows at this stage that sponsorships pay very, very well. And you know what? It's great. Audiences don't hate it. But if you are going to do a sponsorship, number one, own it, disclose it, say this video is sponsored, which he does. But also number two, don't pretend like, you know, that it's, that it's nothing and that you're not getting anything from it. And that, you know, you're broke if you're doing sponsorship stuff and you're a big channel because frankly, I, I like, that's just a lot. I'm just looking at his social blade now. And um, between September 18 and then again in, yeah, last year, he was peaking 200 million monthly views. Like, insane. You're not struggling on 200 million monthly no, views. Even if, even if half the content was demonetized. Yeah. It's 100 million monthly views. It's like, crazy. But long story short, own, own it. it. Own it. Own it. That's and I that's think the like takeaway. brands own it. Own that you're going to do sponsored content with creators. All right. So I think we're going to end all this brand deal discussion off with uh, a few community questions. We put out a tweet asking what people wanted to know, what they uh, wanted to find out about. Honestly, so- there's a lot of comments just saying straight up Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. Um, obviously, Raid Shadow Legends has done the rounds on I YouTube. Done anything with my channel. Really? No. I think they Manager, what's with that? For some reason, I feel like they didn't want Fortnite. Ch- Let me check on that. Mm. But I think... It's kind of a funny example because Raid Shadow Legends is typically a game that maybe like wouldn't be the most exciting brand deal to do, but it is so funny because they have hit creators so hard that they've almost created a meme of themselves. Yeah. Like dude, it's that point. I actually think it's so genius and I forget it's definitely happened with a few brands before, but it's where you take marketing and obviously not everyone can do it because the amount they would have had to spend to achieve this is insane i would say well in the hundreds of millions of dollars of advertising but they've reached a point now where they have advertised so much that the advertisement is now a meme and now the memes are just being made shouting out raid shadow legends it's so funny as a meme which is also advertising the game which is free advertisement so now they're basically just getting free advertisement i have channels i represent that have flat rules. They will never promote mobile games. They're like, I'm not interested in it. I don't want to do it. And they have come to me being, please, can you get me a Raid Shadow Legends sponsorship? Like Memes. That is hilarious. And, you know, everyone jokes about it or jokes that it's sponsored, but they've done something right. And anyone in the community knows what Raid Shadow Legends is. So I think that is really funny. A lot of people are asking about your first brand deal, which we spoke about, which is really cute. Um... A lot of the questions are around, yeah, I think this is a good question. When you see brand deals like Ninja and Adidas, is this the start of something even bigger? Will we start to see more YouTubers and streamers partnerships with bigger brands in the future? And I think the answer is definitely yes. Like I don't think you could be anything but excited from a partnership with a brand like Adidas where 
that's not a brand that's endemically in the gaming space. Yeah. But they've clearly taken the time to understand that gamers have crazy high engaged audiences and that there's value there. What do you think when you see that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I think you see it with literally every single part of, you know, business and also influencer-ness. You know, you've got Adidas working with big basketballers. You've Mm -hmm. got, you know, beauty makeup brands partnering up with beauty influencers. You've got car brands partnering up with YouTubers. I think that it's, it's almost more weird to me that no one's really done a big partnership with a gaming, you know, person yet. Like really, I would say Ninja and Adidas are some of the are the first like really big main, main, mainstream brand kind of pairings to do that. Um, uh, you know, it's not the first by any means in like the YouTuber space. There's been some really, really big ones that have happened with the more lifestyle channels. Mm. But absolutely, I think that so many brands are realizing that, you know, gaming is just an ever-growing demographic. You know, it's... it's and it's not specific. It's not like gaming is, oh, if you're a gamer, that's all you are. Yeah. I think it's recognizing that gaming really is like a subculture and gamers are invested in music and fashion and lifestyle and all these other different genres that you can sort of capitalize when yeah. you cross combine them, which is really cool. The next question is, what was the worst brand deal you've ever done? Oh, yeah. All right. The worst brand deal I've ever done. To be fair, it, it's not, it wasn't like horrible, but it was just one of those things where you're like, really? It was, it was basically working with a, at a company, with a company at one of the like really, really big gaming conventions, you know? And, uh, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say actually which company it was, but imagine for example, it was Ubisoft and I kind of, you know. It wasn't when, Ubisoft. It was, Ubisoft to clarify, it, it was not Ubisoft. It was not <laughs> the one that we were talking about earlier in the podcast. But like, imagine, you know, I went to an event with a company like Ubisoft and this is like a big event like E3. It's the biggest thing where all the games come together, presenting themselves in a giant space. And normally when you do a video like that, you'll say, if you make a 10 minute video, you're like, okay, I'm gonna spend three minutes really like focusing on all the Ubisoft stuff, like going through their booth, showing the games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And basically that's what I did with this company. Anyway, sent the video to them being like, hey, it's all done, edited. And they were like, at six minutes and three seconds, you can see a like blurry in the background. You can see another company's product. Like let's say it was like the Call of Duty booth. (laughs) You can see in the distance behind me blurry because it's not in focus. They were like, we need you to cut that out. And it's like, you sent me to a gaming convention filled with literally every competitor in the world. I didn't focus on the other ones. I didn't make them like, I didn't, wasn't like, oh, Call of Duty is also coming out. But they were like, you can't have anything that is even a slight competitor to us. And it was so funny. It's like, who's reviewing this? Yeah. Who's watching this? Because and honestly, props to you for even recognizing it. Cause it was so hard to see. Anyway. Yeah, I you, remember there were a few where they'd be like, oh, and at like 7.23, there's this. And I'd be like, <laughs> we'd be hey, and we'd like, like, and we'd like pause it. We'd be going frame like, by frame. We're like, are you sure they said 7.23? Was it 7.26? Like, yeah, and we'd be going like frame by frame. We're like, my God, two pixels in the back there. There is something. And, they were, and it was just, I was like, do you really think 
that that is actually going to impact anything in the video. And it was so funny. It was like Elliot ended up having to like blur out tiny sections of the video <sighs> that ended up being more obvious that he'd blurred something it out than attention. if you just left it how it was. Anyway, they're funny things. And I think it's probably someone I, like relatively junior that doesn't want to get in trouble with their boss yeah, up the line. Yeah, I think, I think that's the more interesting thing is right now brands are starting to, you know, work with YouTubers more, like those big mainstream ones. But yeah. I think they're still very much understanding how doing that works. But you can be a little works. bit flexible. That like actually being flexible most of the time leads to a much better final product. Yeah. Because it comes across as just way more genuine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel like that's a good place to leave it for today. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Watch Time. As always, you can find the links to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, all the places below. Make sure to chuck it a thumbs up or a like or whatever the review system is on whatever platform you're watching. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. See ya. 